and be seated. Good evening. Welcome to worship this evening at First Baptist. We're excited you're here. We've got a custom in our church. We uh, have uh, tear-off bulletins. And uh, if, if you're about as handy at tearing it off as I am, you need to practice, okay? But if this is your first time here worshiping with us today, we'd appreciate you uh, registering your attendance by taking the little flap and putting your name and information there. If you're a guest with us, we'd appreciate you putting um, address and information so we can contact you later in the week. Uh, this is an exciting time as we've gathered together to worship the Lord. I want to let you also know about some uh, opportunities. If you'll look to uh, your right over here, we have a, a, a state map that talks about our state missions offering. We have been a uh, known as a church throughout the years that gives to missions, whether it's international, national. And this is our state mission offering. Uh, as we think about our state and the people that are around us, uh, many are lost and don't know Jesus Christ. And so um, we want to encourage you to give as the Lord uh, blesses you. We're well on our way towards reaching our goal of $8,000 uh, for this special missions offering. So just pray and give in their uh, little uh, offering envelopes. Uh, in the pew racks. Also, we started tonight, and I just want to invite you, uh, on uh, Sunday evening, we have an adult discipleship offering. Um, one of the courses is called Esther by Beth Moore. It began tonight. We'd love to have you join us next Sunday night at 530. And we also started a course called uh, Understanding uh, Jehovah Witnesses. And so you could come and learn how to share Christ with your Jehovah Witness friends. That's at 5.30, meets in Memorial Social Hall on Sunday evenings. Also, coming up in the life of our church is a very important day. It's called Hearts United Missions Day. And on that Saturday, October the 6th, between 9 and 12 a.m., we're going to seek as a church to reach out to over 700 homes in our community. Also, there are other churches in our community that will be doing that as well and so our goal is to get a simple gift packet to 700 homes included in that gift packet will be a multi-language dvd of the jesus video which has been used all over the world by missionaries to share the gospel so put on your calendar saturday october the 6th um, 9 to 12 a.m and plan to join us uh, we're looking uh, for approximately 50 teams to help make that possible. So put that on your calendar and plan, plan to join us. We are excited you're here tonight for worship. We know that God is going to speak to us as we sing, as we worship Him, as we pray, as we uh, open our hearts to His Word. But we also want to have a time of just fellowship to encourage one another in the Lord. Some of you have had a tough week. Uh, some of you have had a glorious week, and we just want to encourage one another no matter what you're going through. So let's stand to our feet. Let's take the opportunity just to greet one another and to make everybody welcome in God's house tonight.
be seated. As we go to the Lord in prayer tonight, let's uh, remember our pastor. He is uh, away for a preaching conference, a time of refreshing for him. So let's lift him up in prayer. Let's also remember uh, Griffin Harper. Griffin had a fall at home and, and broke his ankle and had surgery this morning to repair that. And so he's recovering. Uh, we also want to continue to lift up in prayer Betty Jean Walls. Uh, she's at, at uh, TIFF Regional. And continue to pray for her as she continues to recover and to get, to get stronger. John Archer was recently in the hospital and is now home. We want to lift him up in prayer. Um, also, we want to remember, I got word this afternoon that Robbie Lang uh, is, is, had, a, had an auto accident and is at the ER and having chest x-rays. And uh, we want to just lift him up in prayer. Also, uh, we've heard that Harold Bailey is home from Emory. And uh, it's good news. We want to continue to pray for him. And uh, many of us participated this weekend in the memorial service uh, for David Gibbs. So let's continue to uh, remember Jane and, and Jim Sinclair as we go to the Lord in prayer. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we are just in awe of your goodness to us. And Father, we uh, especially want to lift up our pastor tonight. We pray for Brother Wayne as as he's at a conference and uh, on preaching, and we just pray it'll be a time of refreshing for him as, as he just sits and listens and interacts with other ministers. And Father, we just pray it'll be a time of encouragement and, and uh, just a real blessing to his life. Father, we thank you for the way he serves and, and uh, teaches us and preaches from the Word of God. And we just pray for this special time in his life. Father, we also want to lift up tonight those in our church family who are hurting. We particularly want to pray for uh, young Griffin tonight, that uh, your hand of healing would be upon him as he recovers. We pray also for Miss Betty Jean, that um, you would just continue to strengthen her and, and that soon she'd be able to go home. Father, we thank you that uh, John Archer is home now and we pray uh, for his full recovery and we just especially lift up Robbie and, and that uh, and that he'll just be fine, Father, that this will just be precautionary x-rays. That's our, our prayer and that he, he's uh, going to be all right. That's our prayer, Father, that you'll just watch over that precious young man. Father, we also uh, thank you for, for Harold Bailey and, and that he's now home and, and just ask your hand of healing to rest upon him. And, Father, others in our church who've suffered the loss of loved ones recently, uh, Father, we just particularly lift up uh, Jane and, and Jim. And it's uh, just a wonderful time of celebration yesterday of the life of David. Lord, we just invite you now tonight to, to move among us. Lord, we thank you that you're here, that you really are the one who's the focus of our attention and our affections that you really are the beautiful one that we all adore, that we love. And we just thank you for your grace and your mercy that we feel poured out upon us when we worship you. 
So, Lord, we just invite you again to move in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You've heard me mention William Bradbury before. William Bradbury is most famous for his inclusion in a children's hymnal, the tune that he wrote for the words, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Known worldwide, children everywhere sing, Christian children everywhere sing that little chorus, Jesus loves me, this I know. And that same hymnal he released that very same year, another uh, tune that was called Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us. I'm going to ask you to stand as we sing number 61, Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us. Jesus, thou hast loved us, love. 
Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for tonight, for the opportunity we have to come to church tonight to worship you. Thank you for the worship that we've had so far. Pray, Father, that you would touch the offering that we've given tonight, that you would use it for the glory of your kingdom. Pray, Father, that you speak through Brother John as he speaks to us tonight about the message that he has for us, that we might go from here knowing it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. done something a little upbeat here <laughs> I tell you what man I wish y'all could each one of you had had the privilege of being on the church staff for just one day and get to hang out with all these guys man this it is it's a wonderful treat I tell you what let me invite you to take your copy of God's word and turn to um second kings chapter two and um if you're, if you're like me when I was about 12 or 13 or 7 or 8, whenever, when I was in church, about this time is when I started to kind of get sleepy. So um, if you're one of those that kind of gets sleepy when the preacher stands up to preach, um, you may think I'm repeating myself, but I'm, the scripture repeats what we're about to read. So I don't, I don't want that to like put you to sleep or anything, but it, it repeats. 
As we read in 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, it says, When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Lord Jesus, we pray tonight that you'll take your word, open up our hearts and minds, that we might hear you speak, and we might walk in obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you um, heard the key verse, as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. Totally, irrevocably committed to Elijah. Elisha knew that Elijah was God's man. He knew that God was about to take his master, and he wanted to be with him. He wanted to be with him. Now, my question to you tonight is, who, who in the body of Christ are you committed to as your spiritual leader? Who in the body of Christ are you committed to As your spiritual mentor. Is there someone that you know in whose life you have contact with and it's obvious that the Spirit of God is at work in them? And do you have a heart and a desire to be with them like Elisha wanted to be with Elijah? 
You see, if you desire to be a leader that God is going to use, you must first become a dedicated follower. It is hard for God to bless an independent, rebellious spirit. I will never forget being in college and this young, idealistic young man just a couple of years behind me shows up at Georgia Southern. And I mentioned his name years ago and, and um, if I could think of the gentleman in our church who knows him, <laughs> he, went, he grew up with him there in Rakestraw, Steve Rakestraw. He's not here tonight, is he? Not calling him out or anything. But anyway, he, he, went to, he grew up with this guy, Bill Boykin. Bill was young. He was energetic. He had, had been influenced by the, the student Christian movement in his church. He was at First Baptist Smyrna and, the, and the, the, what was going on with Dan DeHaan, if you remember back in those days in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Some great things were happening. And he came to Georgia Southern as a freshman, so excited about Jesus Christ, so excited about his relationship with God. Almost every night he would come by my dorm room and he'd go, man, you won't believe what I read in my quiet time this morning. God showed me this. And he was just beaming. He was just so excited. Now the problem is I'm an early riser. So when he would come by at 10 o'clock, I'd be going, Bill, that's great. I'm so excited. And then after about 15 minutes, I'm about ready to go to sleep. And he's still jazzed about what God was doing in his life. He was seeking out a spiritual mentor. He was seeking out people that would help him grow. I can remember when I was back, back in seminary. There, we went to a church called Sagamore Hill. And, and Sagamore Hill, as you came in their sanctuary, they had back there in the foyer a prayer room. And they had all kinds of, you know, things like maps and all, all kinds of things. I thought, man, that is cool. And, and uh, I found out they had this 24-hour-a-day prayer chain going on. I thought, man, that's really cool, you know. And then I met, well, W.T. Oxford. His wife was the secretary to the, to the youth minister. You know who our youth minister was? Michael Kett. You ever heard of him? Right, over at Sherwood. But anyway, but um, there was something going on there. And I wanted W.T. Oxford, he was about 70, 80 years old. He was involved in this prayer ministry. And Harold Davis, he was involved in the prayer ministry. And then a guy named Don Miller that, that uh, Bill knows. Don Miller. And they were just awesome men of God. And I wanted to learn from them. I wanted to hang around them. Who are you following? Who are you staying close enough to? Who are you following? Who can the Lord teach you through? That's what was going on in Elisha's heart. He had a heart. And you know what happened? Look over Verses 7 through 14. Verse 9, specifically, we're going to look at it. says, So Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? What can I do before, for you? 
the mentor looked at, the, at his follower and said, what do you want me to do for you? That's a very important question to think about tonight. What is it you really, really want? I was just talking to my sister before I came in here tonight. I know what my sister wants. She wants to hike the Appalachian Trail, a certain portion of it. That's what she's doing right now. Cooper's Gap. Y'all know where that is? I don't. That's where she is tonight, hiking. But I can remember when we were children. We were at our grandmother's. And at the end of grandmother's, visiting grandmother's, we were fixing to go back home to Albany, Georgia. And so grandmother took us to the department store. On that Friday, she said, well, get something before you leave. I mean, there you are with all those toys. Can you imagine being at Walmart and your grandmother says, just pick something out? So I was walking through there trying to find something. I was forced to buy myself a present. So I was trying to find something. So you know what I found me? A bow and arrow. You know, it was one of those kind that had um, the arrows that had the little blue rubber suction cups on them. <laughs> you remember those? I mean, it must have cost back then, you know, 100 years ago. It must have cost all of $3, you know. And I remember buying it, taking it home, shooting it, and it wouldn't stick on anything. So I took it to the pencil sharpener, pulled those little rubber caps off. Took the little pencil. So at least I could shoot it and stick in the ground. You know, at least I was getting something out of it, you know. But you know what my sister, who's two years older, two years wiser, you know what she did? When my grandmother said, go in there and buy anything, you know what she did? She walked over to the Barbie Dream House. All right, I pick out a gift like three bucks. She picks out something that's twenty, twenty-five dollars. Now, who's smarter? We know. Deborah. Okay, all right. She knew what she wanted. I didn't have a clue, the option. What do you want? My grandmother says, and I just grabbed something. Didn't think about it. Didn't think about the value of it. Didn't think about whether it would last. You know, that bow and arrow lasted about three weeks. I think my sister probably still has the Barbie Dream House. I don't know if she's a Barbie collector or not. But... Something struck me, you know. Elijah asked Elisha, what does he want? Now, Elisha had seen miracles that Elijah had performed. But do you know what Elisha said when he was given an opportunity? What do you want? Do you see what he says right there in that same verse? See, he thought about this. He says, let me inherit a double portion, what? Of your spirit. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. And you know, Elijah said, uh, Elisha, you've asked a hard thing. See, even Elijah, Elijah the mentor, he was challenged by what Elisha asked. And when Elijah was taken up in the chariot of fire, when he was carried by that whirlwind into heaven, his mantle, 
His cloak fell, and Elisha took it up. And he went from that day forward in the power, in the spirit, in a double portion of the spirit that Elijah had. So that he divided the Jordan River, boom. You read it right there in the scripture. He divided the Jordan River just like Elijah did. He made the waters of, the Jer- of Jericho in that town purified and fruitful that were deadly waters. He, 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 when he spoke a curse, it brought death upon some young lads who were mocking him. It was obvious to all that God had granted Elisha's request. And so my question to you tonight is, if the Lord asks you, what shall I do for you? What shall I do for you? What would you say? How would you answer that question? Would you be like me and just ask a question on impulse? Or would you have given it some serious thought, some serious reflection? In essence, tonight, what do you really want the Lord to do for you? Think about it. Pray about it. Let me just ask you, do you honestly desire tonight for the Holy Spirit of God to totally dominate your life? That's what Elisha wanted. He wanted a double portion. We also see in in the life of Elisha, if you flip over to chapter 3, verses 13 and, and 14, we see that Elisha, he rebukes uh, the king of Israel. Why? Because Elisha loved righteousness. Evil King Joram, son of Ahab, was going into battle against Moab, and so he gathers Jehoshaphat from Judah and the king of Edom, and they, and they basically got into a mess because they went to battle with no water for their army. So anyway, they were in trouble. So in a desperate situation, Jehoshaphat asked, is there a prophet, is there a prophet that we can inquire of the Lord since we're all in a mess here? And so they go to Elisha. And what I want you to do is hear the words that Elisha says. Elisha says to the king of Israel, what do we have to do with each other? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. No, the king of Israel answered, because it was the Lord who called us three kings together to hand us over to Moab. Elisha said, As surely as the Lord Almighty lives whom I serve, if I did not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you or even notice you. Elisha hated sin. Elisha loved righteousness. He didn't care if it was the king of Israel who was talking to him. And I ask you tonight, do you love righteousness? Do you hate sin like Elisha? Somehow as Christians, like our Heavenly Father, we must communicate a complete condemnation of sin, of evil, of unrighteousness. 
We must also communicate an unconditional love that's available to those who repent and trust Jesus Christ. See, the Holy Spirit within us, the Holy Spirit who indwells us, has a passion for righteousness. We also see in chapter 4 of an encounter with the woman from Shunem. And we see an incredible compassion. And I'm just going to briefly tell you that story. This this woman in Shunem prepared a place because Elisha would come through there. And she prepared a room, a place where he could stay and where he could rest. And one day, as a result of her kindness to him, he and his assistant said, what can we do for this woman? They said, well, she doesn't have a son. And so, led by the Lord, he tells the woman, next year you'll have a child. And she really said, please don't go to any special trouble for me. That's what she said. But she had the child. And it says that later the child grew up. The child was working in the field one day and had something to the effect of like a heat stroke. Came and was brought to his mother and the child died. And the most amazing account is found here. This woman, on the death of her child, takes this child up to the room where the prophet would stay and laid the child on the prophet's bed. She goes and calls her servant and says, bring bring the animals here, we're going to see the prophet. Her husband comes up. He goes, what's wrong? Why are you going to go see the prophet? She says, don't worry, honey, it's going to be all right. Can you imagine that? She goes, and Elisha can see her coming. So he sends his servant to see her. Finds out what's wrong, that the child's dead. And Elijah said, Elisha says, here, take my staff, go lay it on the child. Everything will be okay. Now, if Elisha had said that to you, what, do you, what would you do? I think I would, if I was you, I'd follow the servant back to, to your house and let the servant put the staff on it and see the miracle. You know what this woman said? She said, she fell at Elisha's feet and she said, I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you. Didn't I tell you I, had, I was okay I, you know, before you did this miracle to give me this child? I'm not leaving you. So Elisha follows her back. And his servant Gehazi goes in there, puts the staff. Elijah was still on plan A, okay? Elisha was still on plan A. So the servant of Elisha goes in there and puts the staff on the child. And you know what happens? Nothing. Gehazi comes out and Elisha said, it didn't work. 
So Elisha himself goes in goes into the his room where he where this boy's lying on his bed. So scripture says, and he prays. And then he puts he gets on top of this child. Seems like the scripture's saying, you know, arms to arm, face to face, this kind of thing. And his body begins to warm. And as he prays, the child is raised to life. Listen, the Holy Spirit of God that leads us, that fills us, fills us with compassion and fills us with prayer and He calls us to pray boldly. To pray boldly. Finally, we see in this text tonight in chapter 6 that Elisha is a man not only of great compassion, great prayer, but he's a man of great spiritual vision. See, the king of Aram wanted to kill Elisha. And the reason he wanted to kill Elisha is because the Lord had revealed to him, to this prophet, the position of his forces. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, he was like, God was giving him supernatural revelation about how to fight this battle uh, so he could, so they could overcome. And so anyway, this king decides, hey, we're going to take out Elisha. So he surrounds the city where Elisha is. And the scripture says that fear fills the heart of his servant. But if you look at verses 16 and 17 of chapter 6, we read this. Don't be afraid, Elisha says, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And this time, verse 17, and Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked. And he saw the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And as the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, Strike these people with blindness. And he struck them with blindness. Elisha had the vision to see the forces that God had surrounded him to protect him. And brothers and sisters, tonight, I am grateful, eternally grateful, for the country that we live in. But it is God tonight who is protecting you. He is the one that's watching over you. And we need Him tonight to open our eyes to see His mighty angels. Yes, it was Elisha who who told Naaman to to wash in the Jordan River seven times and he was healed. Yes, it was Elisha who, who, floated, who floated the axe head that had fallen into the water. Yes, it was Elisha who prayed and said, Lord, give me a double portion of the spirit that, that was upon Elijah. Yes, Elisha. You know, this sermon is really the Elisha sermon. Elisha. Elisha, Elisha. Aren't you getting sick of hearing that name, Elisha? 
Well, you know, one man commented years ago. He says, all I hear is about Moody, Moody, Moody. All I, everybody's talking about D.L. Moody and what God's doing through D.L. Moody. I'm sick of hearing about what God's doing through D.L. Moody. Does D.L. Does, does Moody, does he have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit? Does Elisha have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit? You know what a perceptive listener replied when they made that comment about Moody? He said, no. No, Moody doesn't have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit has a monopoly on him. Tonight, brother and sister, does the Holy Spirit have a monopoly on you? Will you yield yourself completely to Him? Is the fruit of the Holy Spirit visible in your life? Do you see Him producing that fruit in you? Do others see that fruit being produced in and through your life? Is it obvious to yourself? Is it obvious to others that you are being dominated by the Holy Spirit? It was obvious yesterday, wasn't it? Was it ever close? Georgia and Bandy? First, I don't know, somebody else who's more of a Georgia fan or whatever. You know, you probably... Did Alabama play yesterday? Was it ever close? It was dominated. Dominated. I mean, and, and we're just normal folks. We can look at a ball game and we can tell they're being dominated. Can people look at us? Like they looked at Elisha and they knew. You know, when I was younger, I used to think there were like special groups of people in the church. There were the, you know, average people, the spiritual people, the super spiritual people, you know, or something like that growing up. And the, I know, I grew up in First Baptist Albany. Nobody ever preached a sermon on that, so I don't know why I thought that. It's just what I thought. But the truth of the Word of God is that He is no respecter of persons. That's what the Word of God says over and over again. God, God doesn't love Elisha any more than He loves any one of us. He loves us the same way. My brother Lynn or whatever, one of us here tonight. One of us, there's not a different Holy Spirit in, you know, in, in one of you or one of you. The same Holy Spirit indwells every believer. The question is, are we yielded to Him? Are we allowing Him? 
to dominate our lives. Lord Jesus, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you that we see in your word in the Old Testament examples for our instruction. Father, the the last thing we need tonight is a, a history lesson. Father, what we need is a word from you that will remind us that when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we received you, the Holy Spirit, into our lives. Father, there's nothing more we need. There's there's nothing more to receive. We've received all of you. But Lord, are we yielded to you? Is it obvious whether we're 12 or 72, Father, that You're dominating our life. You're calling the shots. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we close this time of worship, this is your opportunity. You can come and pray. You can pray where you are. You can make a decision where you are. You can come forward. This invitation is for you. We're going to sing a classic hymn that Sung many times, I've decided to follow Jesus. The Holy Spirit, though, is moving in your heart and life, and and you sense, man, I need to talk to somebody. Bill's down here at the front.